Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and get into our Bible study tonight. All right, so first let me start off by saying good evening and uh, thank you and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Um, for those of you who may not know who I am, I'm Pastor Emmanuel Figueroa, and uh, it's good to be back, amen. It's good to be back on this platform picking up where we left off in our study in First Thessalonians, right? So tonight we are going to cover chapter 3, chapter 3 of First Thessalonians. So if you can, go ahead and open up your Bibles to uh, First Thessalonians chapter 3. Amen. God bless you. Hey, what's up, Brother Albert? God bless you, my brother. I'm glad you're on. Praise God. So as you're opening up your Bibles to chapter uh, 3 of First Thessalonians, let me go ahead and share... Uh, a brief recap, right? Because we've been we've been off for a while. So, uh, in a brief recap on chapter one, we learned that uh, the marks of a true believer, right, are and a true church are faith, hope, and love. And we also learned that the gospel is is also accompanied with persecution, but we can still remain and and retain right our joy through uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we learned that the Thessalonian church. They were bold for the gospel, right, because of their hope in the return of Christ. And Paul showed us, right, in chapter 1, how 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 uh, we are to be responsible, right, to share the gospel, amen, and be ready for when Jesus comes back, you know. So we also see that, that the, the Thessalonian church, they're like a model for us, right, by taking the truth to the lost and the, and living the truth, right, among the saved, you know, by having the, the, the strong faith and an active love and an abiding hope. Amen. So that's, you know, a small little recap of chapter one. But in chapter two, we see that Pastor Josh, he brought us such a great message. Uh, he taught us, you know, a great lesson on how uh, we're to treat one another in the faith. Right. Especially uh, those that 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 were discipling. Right. He, talk, he talks about, you know, us being like a like a mother, right, by, by loving and by caring uh, with, with gentleness, right? And, but also but loving one another like a father, by encouraging, by, by comforting, and by urging with, with words, right? Words of healing, words, words that bring deliverance, words that, that build up and challenge uh, one another to grow, right? For, for us to challenge each other to grow in righteousness. So in other words, what Paul was, was teaching us in chapter 2 was that it, you know, the importance of us being a family. Amen? So this right here is a brief recap of chapter 1 and 2. And then right after that, we took a month off, right? We took a month off from our Wednesday night uh, Bible study, and we focused on our leadership summit. I mean, these past four weeks... In our leadership summit was a blessing. It was a great time for me. It was a great time of, of refreshment, a great uh, time of direction, right, from the Lord. Um, and we focused on four things, right? We focused on the, on the four cornerstones of the mission, right? The first, the first night we focused on worship. I mean, we had such a powerful time of worship and a powerful time of, of just being together as a family and just enjoying God's anointing. It was awesome. And then the second night, we focused on the Word. Well, we had Pastor Ron Brown from Teen Challenge. He came and he delivered a powerful Word to us. Amen. And then on the third night, we focused on prayer, right? And the fourth night, we focused on service. Amen. So, so for me... For me, it was it was foundational. For me, it was it was going back to basics. Amen. I mean, there were so many takeaways from this summit, right? So my question to you is that if you were at the summit, okay, if you were there, then type in the comments, right? Type in the comments your takeaways uh, from the summit. Let us know how you were blessed. Let us know what you what you got out of it. Amen. But if I could sum it sum it up into one word, that would be discipleship. That's what I would sum it up for me, you know, meaning, you know, leaving, leaving the 99, right, to go after the one, right, not letting anyone slip through the cracks, right, meaning mending our nets, right, and, you know, and to, to, just to make sure that none slip through, because we all need to be together, right, we don't want no one slipping through the cracks, right, so, so mending the net so that we all stay together as we, as we throw out the net, right, into the harvest field. Amen? And so, and, and that's, that's appropriate, you know, with this, because as we get into our lesson tonight, we're going to see that Paul didn't want anyone to slip or fall away. 
Okay, Paul had a, had a heart for the harvest. He had a desire to see the harvest mature in Christ. Amen. And and and, and he wanted them to be discipled. You know, Paul Paul shows us you know some qualities right of of, of discipleship that I believe are so crucial for us today, right? As they were back in the days of Paul. So let's go ahead and start here in, in verse in verse one, right? And we're going to read the full chapter because it's a short chapter. And then we'll pray, and then we'll come back up and we'll break down these verses, right? And we, let's go ahead and see the wonderful treasure in God's Word. Okay, verse 1, it says, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials, for you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Verse 7, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make our love increase and flow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father and when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We're so thankful, Lord God, that we're back on track again, Heavenly Father, with our Bible studies. And we're so thankful, Lord God, for your direction. We praise you, Lord God, for your presence in our lives, Father. And we thank you, Father, for what you have prepared for us for tonight. So, Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would open our minds, open our hearts, open our spiritual eyes, Father, to see the wonderful treasures in Scripture, Heavenly Father. We ask, Lord God, that you would have your way tonight, that you would move upon us, Lord God, touch every heart, Father, that listens to your word, Father. And I pray, Lord God, that your name be glorified in all this, Lord. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray and let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's go ahead and go back up and let's go ahead and uh, break this down, okay, uh, starting from verse 1 once again. Once again, here we go. It says, uh, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker, in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in uh, your faith. Amen. So we can see here that Paul was devoted Okay, he was devoted in discipleship. He was devoted to discipleship, I mean, right? He was willing to make sacrifices, right, in his current ministry, because at this time he was in Corinth, okay? He was ministering in Corinth. But we see here that he was willing to sacrifice and send Timothy in order to ensure the strengthening, right, of the Thessalonians, their understanding of the truth of God's word, okay? I mean, let's, let's remember, remember back, back in chapter 1, we learned that, that Paul established this church in only three weeks. So he only spent three weeks 
with these Thessalonian believers, okay? And so that was before he was chased out by those who didn't, didn't like the gospel, okay? So they were fresh new believers, and he was worried about them, all right? And so by Paul sending Timothy, this was like a great cost to him. I mean, it, it like took a big chunk out of his ministry, you know what I mean? Because Timothy was considered to be part of Paul's A-team, right? How many of us ever seen that, that, that program, the A-team, right? This was, this was back, you know, in the 80s, you know, the A-team, where they would bring, you know, a team that would, that would, that would take care of business, right? So Timothy was, was part of his A-team, okay? He was a brother in Christ. He was, he was a minister of God, right? The word, the word minister here in the Greek is diakono, and it means servant, okay? And that's where we derive the word deacon from this same word. So Timothy was a servant who, who was not afraid. He was not afraid, as we say, to do the nasty, to do the dirty, to get down and do the grunts, right? He was a man that loved the hard work. He was a team player. He was a good team man. So for Paul to send Timothy, he was really taking, I mean, he was really losing something big, right? Because he was so concerned about these Thessalonians, right? So Timothy was that type of type, that type of player. He was a team player. He wasn't he wasn't a hot dog, right? He wasn't he wasn't trying to run the show himself. He wasn't trying to do his own agenda. No, he worked with Paul. He worked with other believers, right? And they they all depended on the grace of God, man, to finish the task that was given to them. They all depend on God's grace to get them going to complete everything that they were called to do. Amen? And so he, we see here that he faithfully executed everything, right, that Paul had given him. So in sending Timothy, Paul was sending his best worker. I mean, look at what it says in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 20, and 20 through 22. It says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Amen. So Paul and Timothy were, they were both prepared to sacrifice themselves, right? For the sake of the brothers, right? We see, we see Paul is willing to give up his, his, his best guy, but then we also see Timothy willingly you know, uh, uh, take some of his time, right? Sacrifice his time to go to go encourage these these uh, these new believers. You know, how many of us are prepared to give up some of our time? Amen. How many of us are willing to give up to sacrifice some time? To, you know, to spend time with with another believer, right? Maybe share a Bible study, or maybe even give a word of encouragement, right? Are we prepared to spend time with someone else who needs that encouragement, church? I mean. This is a great lesson for us, right? Paul shows us that sacrifice is necessary if we're gonna if we're gonna see the growth among God's people. Amen. But we also see here that sacrifice isn't the only thing, right? In these verses, we also see support, right? Which is another quality, right, of discipleship. We see the quality of sacrifice, and now we see the quality of of support, right? I mean, when a farmer when a farmer wanted to break in a new ox, okay. He would, he would place it together with the older one, and, and, and they would carry the same yoke, right? The older, the older ox would teach the younger one what to do. The older one would demonstrate to the younger one how they were to work together and what was required to get the job done, right? So the experienced ox, okay, the older one, would help establish the younger one in the plowing fields. And this is what we're seeing here. You know, Paul sends Timothy to help the younger Thessalonians in their faith. Amen? And so he sent Timothy to, to establish, right? He sent Timothy to establish, he says in verse 2, to establish you in the faith, right? And to encourage you in the faith, right? To establish and to encourage, right? So that's two things that Timothy went to go do, right? Establish is another word for strengthen, right? That word establish in the Greek is Starizo, I hope I'm pronouncing it. I hope I'm not butchering these words, right? So the word established means starizo, which means to, to settle, to confirm, to render um, mentally steadfast, right? Or firmly fixed in place um, their understanding and faithfulness to the truth, right? So Timothy, 
by by him establishing them that way, he was giving them good, solid teaching. Amen. That is what he was using to establish them was good, solid teaching. Right. And that's what we need. We want to be established. We need good, sound teaching. We need good, good, sound doctrine. Amen. We can't be going to these other places, going to and fro, you know, and doing all this emotional stuff. No, we need good, solid, rock solid foundation of God's word. Amen. But we also see here, you know, the Greek, the Greek verb that Paul uses for encourage is the word parakaleo. Okay. And this, this word parakaleo, it shares the root uh, with the noun uh, parakletos, right? Which describes the Holy Spirit. Back in, back in John uh, chapter 14, verse 26, he refers to him as the counselor, right? And in 1 John 2, 1, he refers to the Holy Spirit as the advocate, right? So in other words, when God wants to encourage a believer, okay? When God wants to encourage a Christian, a believer, he uses the Holy Spirit to do it, amen? But check this out. He often does it through another believer, amen? He does it through you, and He does it through me. Amen? God, God uses us as His agents, right, to encourage one another. Amen? So in other words, you and I are to function. We are to function like the Holy Spirit, but with skin on. Right? Amen? We are to function like the Holy Spirit with skin on. Encourage one another. Amen? All right, let's go to verse uh, 3. It says, So that no one would be unsettled by these trials, for you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you know. So here we see Paul is getting into something that we often forget in this day and age. And that is the fact that life itself is full of suffering. Amen. I mean, he said that he said that they would that they would suffer persecution. And that's exactly what happened to them. Believers, in fact, and I know that this is probably something that you don't want to hear, but believers, in fact, are destined, man, to suffer at times. You know what I mean? I mean, in other words, you know, us being Christians, we're elected, we're chosen, and we're destined for trouble, right? We are. I mean, it's not, it's not that they were doing anything wrong. They weren't doing nothing wrong. I mean, they weren't being punished for, for any kind of sin or whatever. Their fruitful Christian lives made them enemies of Satan and the world. Amen. So let's think about this for a moment. How many of us have ever gone through a trial? The moment we give our lives to Jesus, right? How many of us have gone through a trial? How many of us have gone through a trial the moment that we experience revival, right? How many of us have gone through a trial the moment that we have a, 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 an answered prayer, right? The moment that we receive that excitement of the Lord in our lives, all of a sudden, boom, we get a trial. You know, we face a trial. We're going through 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 different uh, troubles. You know what I mean? The moment that we start following Jesus, trouble starts, right? It starts to follow us. We don't even have to find it, right? Trouble knows our address, amen? And it is going to arrive. I mean, in John chapter 16, verse 33, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But then he goes on to say, and this is what I love. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Ooh, man, that is reason to get excited, church. In other words, even though we may be, we may be going through troubles in life, even though we may uh, be, be going through trials and, and, and tribulations, we don't have to fear. Right? Because Jesus overcame all that. And in fact, if Jesus lives in me, if Jesus lives in you, then guess what? We, we are overcomers. That makes us overcomers as well. Amen? I mean, I'm reminded back in 1 John uh, chapter 4, right? Where he says that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen? So it doesn't matter what we go through. The fact that we have victory in Christ. The fact that we have Jesus living in us. Right? We have victory. Amen. We are overcomers. Amen. I mean, the troubles that we go through, right? God intends them for good. He, he tends to use those for our good. Amen. They're not to be, they were not to be concerned about, about their trials, just like we're not to be concerned about our trials. Why? Because this was part of God's will. Amen. 
Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Amen. So, so suffering is part of a Christian's life, right? But that doesn't mean that we can't encourage one another. Right? That means that we can stand together, right? Even in the midst of suffering, we can stand together and we can encourage one another in the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to verse let's go to verse five. Verse five says, For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain so we see here right we see here that this this is another quality right of discipleship it says here that he sent okay it says that uh, uh for this reason okay i sent i sent to find out about your faith all right he was so concerned that he sent to find out that's that's what you call surveillance right he was so concerned about their faith that he's like, I gotta know what's going on. I gotta know their condition. I gotta know what how 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 their how their relationship is, how their walk is, right? So he was he sent someone to go survey the situation. Okay? These Thessalonian believers had received a baptism of fire back when Paul was with them before he was forced out, right? Only only after a few weeks of ministry. But but they were suffering for their faith, and they were suffering right from the outset. I mean, think about it. I mean, you're there three weeks. I mean, you're a three-week-old believer, and all of a sudden, boom, you suffering comes and trouble comes, right, in many different ways. And Paul knew, right? He knew, for instance, that he was going to experience affliction. Amen? You see, everybody suffers. Everybody suffers. But when we come to Jesus, man, it's like we get double trouble, don't we? Double trouble because we have a target on our back, right? The moment that we give our life to Jesus, the moment that we have revival, the moment that that, that that we see God move, I mean, we become a walking target, man, for the world and for the devil, right? But what I love here is that Paul never thought, he, he, he never taught that this faith was going to be easy. He never taught that, that Jesus would make life easy. Instead, he had constantly faced persecution for his faith, and he explained, okay, he explained that any believer would also face the same, right? I mean, in this day and age, just think about this for a minute. When we grow up as kids, okay, and we watch cartoons, we see cartoons, man, of 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 of, of the devil, right? He's always in some sort of a red jumpsuit, man, with horns, man, and a pitchfork, you know, and a long tail. And it's comical, you know what I mean? So as we grow up, Many of us end up thinking that he's just that, that, that's who the devil is. He's that silly guy in a jumpsuit with horns and with a pitchfork, right? So we're not worried about him because that's, that's what we're being taught when we're kids, right? As we watch these cartoons, right? But Paul right here is telling us right here that he's not like no, no uh, ridiculous cartoon, okay? He knew that the devil is an evil spirit who hates God. And he seeks to tempt us, right? The children of God. He seeks to tempt us in order for, in order to destroy our faith. Amen? And it's a shame that, that there are many of us that don't see that. There are many of us that are easily, easily attacked and caused, you know, for, for, for us to fall. You know, we're easily, you know, uh, bait. We're easy, we're easy bait to Satan, you know, for us to, to fall, right? Because we, we don't know that. You know what I mean? And that's something that we need to know. We need to know that the, that the enemy is out there and he's serious. Okay? So when persecution occurred against, against the, 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 the apostles and those, you know, of the church, right? He sent Timothy to find out about their faith. He wanted to know whether their faith was strong. Right? He wanted to know if they were persevering during this, this time of difficulty. And when I say, because he was afraid that, that, that they might have fallen, he was afraid that, that they might have given up their walk, you know what I mean? And so when he talks about being afraid, it's not so much on fear itself, but, but it, was, it was more of a concern, right? He was concerned that, that, that the enemy got the best of him. And how many of us get concerned, you know, about, about our brothers and sisters whom we haven't even seen in a while? You know what I mean? How many of us have asked ourselves, man, you know, did something happen? How many of us become concerned, right, toward our, our brother and sister, right? Like Paul. 
Paul was concerned, right? He was concerned that these new struggling believers might turn away from their faith. Amen? He was concerned that, that, the, that the tempter, that, that, that the enemy, that Satan might have tempted the Thessalonians, right? And that all the work that he did, man, the labor, right, was, was in vain, okay? But that's a, that's a lesson for us, man, because listen, whenever our pastor, okay, whenever our pastor or uh, another leader or even another believer, whenever somebody calls to check up on us, all right, Let's not take offense to it. I know that there's some people that take offense, you know, and say, oh, you know, we really want to just be nosy, this and that. That's not it. You know what I mean? That right there is out of love. That right there is out of concern. Amen? That right there is them showing, our leadership showing, our pastor showing love toward the sheep, toward the flock that he's been in, 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 in charge of, right? God has given him charge over the flock. So, so he's, he's, got, he's got genuine concern, genuine love over, over those who have not been coming in a while. Amen? So he reaches out, the leadership reaches out, right, for one reason. Right? To make sure, man, that you're okay. To make sure that, 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 that you're maturing in the faith. Amen? And that you're not losing heart. So, we're following up because we love you. Right? The next brother who calls you is following up because of they love you. Right? You know what I mean? I mean, Satan is real and he's after you. He's after me. And he uses many methods. Right? He uses many methods. Okay? He tries everything he can, man, to, 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 to pry believers away from the truth. He does everything he can. He uses unsaved friends. He uses uh, uh, family members. He uses uh, false teachers. He uses, you know, even, even, even suffering, right? And that's just a few. So he'll use whatever he can to derail your walk. He'll use whatever he can to cause you to give up. Right? To give up on Jesus. I've, I've heard some people say, you know, well, what's the use, man, of following Jesus if all I'm going to do is get, in, get trouble? If all I'm going to do is go through tribulation? Oh, come on, man. And, you know, and that, and that comes from the lack of, of knowledge of knowing who Christ is. Right? Jesus is victorious. Amen? He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He is victorious. So when we give our life to Jesus, we have the victorious one in our lives. Amen? Somebody's got to say amen and get excited. Right? We had the victorious one. So now we don't live our life for victory, but we live our life from victory. Amen? Some of you guys need to know that. Right? We are victorious. And the Bible says that the people perish for the lack of knowledge. We need to know that. And how do we know that? Right? Like Timothy. He helped the Thessalonians to establish him in the faith. How? By, by sound doctrine. By, by, by teaching God's word. We need to absorb God's word. Amen? We need, to, we need to become like sponges, man, and just take all of God's word, amen? Because that's where we get, you know, our tools. That's where we get the resources that we need to live the victorious life in Christ, amen? So Timothy, Timothy was sent to examine their faith. He was, he was, he was sent to see if, if they were, if they were the, uh, passing the test, right? He was to bring a report back to Paul, right? And to, and to inform them of, the, of their situation. Why? Because they wanted to pray for them. Amen? So in other words, he wasn't sent to spy on them. Amen? He was not sent to spy on them. He was sent out of genuine concern, okay? Because he wanted to know whether maybe false doctrine might have crept in and swayed them in a different way. Amen? Paul was ready, man. Paul had a heart, man. He wanted to make sure that these believers matured. Amen? That's powerful. Hallelujah. So he wanted to know if they if they were living as they should. He wanted to know whether whether if they had any questions concerning the faith. So while Timothy was was ministering amongst them, he observed their faith in real life, not just on Sundays. He observed their faith in real life, in other words, everyday living. I know, and he brought back the truth, man. He saw that some were unruly. He saw that some were not working. He saw that some were busybodies. He saw that some were causing strife within the fellowship, right? Other, he saw that there were others that were concerned about 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 uh, uh, believers who had died, right? They were afraid that they might have missed the resurrection at Christ's return, right? But Timothy noted the positive and the negative points of the church, amen. I mean, there's not there's not a perfect church, right? At least not yet, amen. Because the Bible does say that we will be presented as a spotless bride without blemish or wrinkle. Amen? So in the meantime, yeah, there are going to be issues. 
there are going to be issues. But Paul knew that. And he wanted to know firsthand so that way he could take that 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 action of what to do next. Amen. So 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 the test of the Thessalonians faith, it showed Paul that they were that how they were how they were living their Christian life. Amen. And so Paul examined the report and he took necessary action. So my question is, are we concerned? How many of us are concerned about about our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? How many of us go and visit? You know, those that those that haven't come some time. How many of us have reached out? You know, those that, that, that haven't been here in a while. I mean, the next time that you're in service, take a look around. Take a look around and see who's there and who's missing. Amen. And let's not be, you know, the first one to point the finger to say, oh, you know, and judge. No, if anything, let's have that heart that Paul had, that heart of concern. you right to reach out and say, hey, brother, I'm thinking about you. Hey, sister, I'm thinking about you. You know what I mean? You come across my mind, I just call and say, how you doing, man? You know, and just to remind you, man, that, that we love you. Amen? So we need to follow Paul's example by showing genuine concern for our brothers and sisters. Amen? And that and that doesn't mean pointing the finger or, or spying on one another, right? To have reason to do that. No. We should look out after them with, with, good, with their good in mind. Amen? I mean, if we see that, that something ain't right, Shoot, let's not point the finger. Let's pray for them, right? Let's love them into the kingdom. Let's pray for them, amen? Let's pray for one another more effectively, and then we can pray that the Lord will give us a word of encouragement, right? And just, just bring it to them, amen? All right, praise the Lord. Which brings us to the next thing, right? Let's go to verse 6. It says, But Timothy has just come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Wow, that's awesome. Therefore, brothers and sisters, verse 7, in all your distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Amen. So this brings another quality of discipleship, and that's stimulation, right? Timothy had returned. With good news, their faith was solid, their love was strong, they remembered Paul and Silas with affection. I mean, what a relief that must have been for Paul, right? What, what, what a relief. I mean, he was worried about something, you know, could have happened, or maybe the enemy did this or did that, but it was far from that, right? These believers, man, they stayed strong. They even longed to see Paul and Silas. Wow, you know? And so, and so, basically, they practically worked out their salvation through love. Amen. Paul received the encouragement of his own in his own struggles. Right? It says here he was he was he was going through struggles himself, going through persecution. Right? And so he received an encouraging word by the Thessalonians' faith. Right? That their persistence comforted Paul even in his own suffering. Right? So he knew that his labor had not been in vain, and because of their perseverance, Paul rejoiced. And he thanked God for them. And this is a great lesson for us, right? Because you know what? Think about it, man. It's always us who wants, you know, our pastor to give us a call, you know, and give us a word of encouragement, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? You want a word of encouragement? That's cool. Amen? But how many of us know that even our pastor, even our ministers, even our leadership, man, they all, they all also need that pick-me-up. Amen? Pastors and ministers certainly go through discouragement. They go through through, through uh, trials, amen. And they need that encouragement, right? So the and then I believe, man, that the best kind of encouragement that, that that pastors could ever receive is the knowledge, right, of knowing, you know, that that the people that they have ministered to are walking steadfastly in the faith, amen. Because let me tell you something, our pastor works hard. Our senior pastors, man, they work hard. You know, to make sure that we are well fed in uh, God's word, right? They work hard. They work hard to make sure that, that everybody is okay spiritually, right? That we're growing, amen? But you know what, man? Some, some, sometimes, man, that can take a toll, right? Sometimes that could become weary. You know, ministry can become hard sometimes, you know what I mean? And they need that encouragement. And what better encouragement is to know, to see that the work that they have done, right, is not in vain. That they're working hard, right? That the hard work that they have put in is paying off by seeing our growth. Amen? Praise the Lord. So Paul, 
Paul wrote to them, okay? He wrote to them and he encouraged them to continue going. Keep on keeping on, right? He praised them for their godly example and then he challenged them to grow even more, right? I mean, he saw that they were already growing, right? But now he's telling them to grow even more. Now, why is that? Well, because none of us, man, can say that we've already done it. None of us can say, man, that hey, we've already made it and we're good. Each and every one of us needs to grow. Each and every one of us has room to grow. And if you feel that you don't, check yourself. Okay? Check yourself. Because you know what? We all need to grow. Amen? And so Paul, Paul went ahead and praised them. And, and he also challenged them to grow. Amen? Even though he hadn't been able to be there uh, personally at this time, he still wrote to tell them how proud he was. Right? He still wrote and told them how much he loved them and how much he, he greatly desired to see them. Right? I mean, think about it. A word of encouragement from someone that you respect and from someone that you hold dearly can make such a difference, doesn't it? Especially when you're going through hard times. I'll tell you what, man. I, a, a pat on the back, man, from, from my pastor goes a long way. You know what I mean? Because why? We're in this struggle together. You know what I mean? But you know what? We also should give him a pat on the back. Give our senior pastors a pat on the back. I love my pastors, man. Pastor Josh and Boomy, you're doing an awesome job, and I love you. You're doing a great job, and, and thank you for all your hard work. Thank you for, for, for your endless your endless labor, amen? And, and I, I pray for you guys that God will bless you and strengthen you and be with you and comfort you and lift you up, you and your family, amen? Praise God. So this letter was exactly what the Thessalonians needed to hear, right? They needed to hear that encouragement, man, from Paul right? It wasn't just any letter. It was the inspired Word of God. You know, today we have the legacy of these two letters, right? First and Second Thessalonians, okay? We have these two letters, right? So the encouragement, the stimulation, it worked both ways. In other words, Paul received the encouragement by their perseverance in the faith, and he encouraged the new believers with his letter. So they were both encouraging one another. How many of us do the same thing? How many of us uh, uh, will give a word of encouragement to those that are going through trials, to those that are suffering? How many of us send like, like cards to those who maybe have lost a loved one? Amen? How many of us even write to like missionaries who are out there in third world countries, man, in the front lines, dealing with so much? Right? Those that are serving overseas. I mean, we don't see what they're going through. Right? But, but when I read a letter like this, I'm like, wow, you know, it kind of makes me think, wow, look, look at all those that are out there that are really, you know, facing uh, uh, trials, that are really facing, you know, uh, 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 tough times. You know what I mean? So we, so we have the responsibility to, to uh, encourage one another, right? To lift one another up. I mean, how many of us have called our pastor at one time or another, you know what I mean? And just and just maybe shared a verse to him, you know what I mean? A verse of, you know, a, a word of appreciation. Hey, appreciate you, pastor. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's do that. Amen? These are just some of the ways, okay? These are just some of the ways that the body of Christ, okay, can encourage one another, can spur each other on to persevere, amen? These are some of the ways, right, that, that, that we leave the 99 and go after that one. When we, when, we, when we come to church and we see, you know, people that are missing, right? Man, let's, let's, let's take that sacrifice and let's, let's leave the 99 where they're at and let's go after that one. You know what I mean? That can mean everything. Praise the Lord. Uh, verse 9, verse 9, it says, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have uh, in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Amen. So Paul's desire was to complete what was lacking in their faith. This doesn't mean that their initial trust for Christ, uh, uh, trusting Christ for salvation was lacking in any kind of way. No. Paul's focus here was their understanding of the truths, right? In the faith. He, that, 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 that it would increase, right? That they would increase in the faith. That their faithfulness to these truths, right, should not uh, waver under any persecution. So Paul simply wants to complete his ministry of bringing these new believers to full maturity in Christ. 
Okay? And here, he's praying for the opportunity. How many of us pray for opportunities? Right? How many of us pray for opportunities to get out there and witness? How many of us pray for opportunities to get out there and follow up? How many of us pray for opportunities, man, to get out there and encourage someone? Right? This is what Paul is doing. He, I mean, it's like he can't wait to get out there. Right? He, he wants to finish what he started. So he prays. He prays for the opportunity to finish that, that, that what he started, you know, even in the face of opposition, even in the, in the, in the, in the face of, of, of those who, who hated the gospel message. Right? And that brings us to another quality, right? Of, 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 of discipleship and that's supplication. That's prayer. Amen? I mean, when I, when I read this, I'm reminded of, of the story in Acts, right? Back in chapter 4, when, when Peter and John were in danger, the religious leaders in Jerusalem opposing the gospel, right? They warned them to seize their missionary efforts. You know, they say, hey, man, stop, stop spreading the gospel. Stop teaching Jesus, right? And when the apostles reported to, to the other believers all this that had happened, they immediately held a prayer meeting, Right? And, when we, and if you read the story, what happened next, man, was powerful. Because the house began to shake. Amen? The house began to shake. The believers began praising God. And what did they do? They asked for boldness. They asked for boldness that they might continue the work. They wanted to finish what they've started. Amen? And the results here are powerful. They are dramatic. Amen? They boldly witnessed. They boldly enjoyed the spiritual unity, right? I mean, how many of us want to complete what God has given us? Did you know that God has given each and every one of us a task? Did you know that God has called us to work in the kingdom? He's called each and every one of us. And He wants each and every one of us to finish what He's called us to start. Amen? I mean, think of it this way. I mean, look, Jesus, when He came... Jesus didn't make converts. No. Jesus didn't make converts and then leave them. He made disciples. He spent time with them, building them up and training them, right? Training them up in the faith, training them to persevere in the faith. He spent time with them, meaning that he fellowshiped with them. He broke bread with them, right? He touched them. He was intimate with them. And I believe right now, I believe that we are living in a time where there is less touching and less intimacy. We live in a high-tech world, yeah. But even the best technology is no replacement for relationship. Amen? That's what we need. We need relationship, right? We can be high-tech, yeah, but we need high-touch if we're going to grow spiritually. Amen? We need the church. The church needs real intimacy. And that's only going to come through authentic touch. Amen? That's only going to come when we reach out to one another. Amen? It's not going to come through forgetting about other people. It's not going to come by turning our back on other people. No. It's going to come when we touch and we reach out for one another. Amen? That's the church. Colossians 1.28 says, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. I love this verse. I really love this verse. Because Paul here is giving his all to make disciples. He's giving his everything to make sure that those fresh new believers come to maturity in Christ. And that's the desire that we need. We need to have that desire to make sure that when we see new believers coming through those doors of our church, that we make sure that we do everything we can to help them grow in the faith. Amen? We need to do what we can, right? We need to love them in, man. We need to be there. Hallelujah. This is exciting, man. I'm about to jump out of my seat in a minute. Praise God. Okay, uh, verse 10. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow to each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May He strengthen your hearts, so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when the Lord Jesus comes with all His holy ones. Amen. So because they were suffering, He prayed. He prayed for them. Amen. Remember, He, he, he was expecting to see the report from Timothy so that he can take the appropriate action. And the appropriate action was for him to pray, right? Because he couldn't be there with them, he prayed for them. 
Amen. And he was specific in his prayers, right? He was specific. He first says he wants he wants them to be directed, right? He wants that he wants God to, to direct him to them. He wanted to be there with them. So Paul, because he greatly desired to see them and help them grow further in the faith, he wanted to be with them to teach them, right? Teach them more of God's word. Right? He knew the importance of being grounded in scriptures. And he also could encourage them by his own example, right? His life displayed the message that he spoke. Remember, we learned that in, in, in chapter 1. Not only did he teach them, but he lived the gospel. Amen? And that's what we got to do. You know what I mean? It's not just lip service. No. Yeah, we, we, we share Jesus with our mouth. Yeah. But we also share Jesus with our lives. Amen? We live out the gospel to them. For them to read. Remember, they're not reading the Bible. New believers, before they're even believers, they're not reading the Bible. They're reading you. They're reading me. Right? So not only do we share Jesus, we live Jesus. Amen? So he was specific. Right? He also wanted that their faith might be perfected. He wanted them to be mature in their faith, even through persecution. How many of us know that for faith to grow, it's got to be tested? Right? But those going through trials, right? They need the encouragement. And he prayed that he would also, that they may also become perfect or mature or complete. Amen? Even through persecution. All right? He also prayed that their love might abound. He prayed that their love might abound to, to one another and to all. Right? The Thessalonians had been, had just been commended. Right? They were commended for their love. Remember back in, 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 in chapter 1. Okay? Also in verse 6. Right? But, but Paul is praying that the love might increase even more. In other words, the love that we have for one another can grow, right? And we need to grow, right? How many of us know that, that there are ways and there are, there's always room for us to grow in the Christian life, right? This is what Paul is talking about, right? Paul is saying that we can develop our love even more, just as Paul said that their love for the Thessalonians was increasing. I mean, it's so easy for us to become selfish when we're going through problems. Right? When we're going through suffering, when we're going through trials, it's so easy for us to become selfish. It's so easy for us to, to, uh, to, to put up walls, right? To protect ourselves, right? It's so easy for us to get in our own pity party, to get in our own rut, you know what I mean? Um, because we're going through something, right? But we should be open to receive the encouragement. Amen? We should be open to that. And that's and that's what we that's what we call you know the authentic touch right we need we, we need that authentic touch of you know from one another I need it from you you guys need it from me we all need it from one another amen we need that authentic touch that only comes from drawing closer to one another how many of us want to draw closer to one another I know I do you know what I mean I need the body I need the body of Christ amen I need my brothers and sisters I need the encouragement amen. I mean, just, just yesterday we had a meeting that was so encouraging. It was such an encouraging time together. You know what I mean? And that had to be God. And that's what and I believe that's what God desires. That's what God desires is for us to draw closer to one another, even in our times of, of trial, even in our times of persecution, even in our times when, man, we're going through it. He wants us to draw together, closer together. Why? Because we can, we can, we can draw strength from one another. Amen? Just like we can draw strength from Christ, we can draw strength from one another. Amen? Praise God. So, And another thing that he prayed was that they might uh, become, that they might be holy at Christ's coming. Right? He wanted them to be ready. His, his final request, right, was that they might grow in holiness, right? So that they uh, uh, may be blameless when Jesus comes. I mean, they believe that Christ could come back at any moment. Right? And the same is true even today. I mean, if you think about it, man, there is no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled, right, before he comes for his church. And that day of salvation is even closer now than when it was when we first believed. Amen? So there's a, there's a whole lot that we can take away from this, from this awesome chapter of chapter 3. There's a whole lot. But I got three things that we can take away. Amen? If there's, if there's three things that, that, that you want to take with you, take these with you, okay? One is that God views... The ministry of discipleship, meaning encouraging each other in the faith, right? To be of first importance, right? Some of us might be a Timothy, right? To be sent to someone else and to encourage, to build them up, amen? So he reviews the, the ministry of discipleship of, 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 of most importance, okay? Two, 
let's not be surprised, okay, if we face any kind of persecution or affliction in our lives, right? And we must be aware that the enemy is going to do whatever he can to try to derail us, to try to get us to abandon God's word. Amen? So we have to be ready for that. And three, that we should follow up the prompting. We should follow the prompting, right, of the Holy Spirit continually, right, to continually increase and abound in the kind of self-sacrificing love that leads to holiness, right? That leads to holiness of life, looking forward to the day when we will be able to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, amen, at the rapture of the church. So I pray, I pray that the Lord will enable us, amen, to follow up on people as Paul did, and that we might also be involved in both evangelism, sharing Jesus, and discipleship, right? That's casting the net, evangelism, right? And mending the net, discipleship, right? that we may play a big part, right, of maturing God's people as we wait for the return of our Lord. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your precious word tonight. We thank you, Father, for the, the many lessons, Lord God, the takeaways that we have in this chapter, Lord. Lord, we just we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the victory that we have, that we, that we live from victory, Lord God, and not for victory. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Um, that for the encouraging word that you've given us today, Father, and the reminding that we need, Lord God, to be there for one another, to help build each other up, to love one another, Lord, to 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 have that authentic touch, Heavenly Father. And that we ask, Lord God, that you would uh, help us each day to grow in the faith. Forgive us, Lord God, when we fall short. I mean, I know that we mess up every day, Lord, but we're thankful, Lord God, that you give us that strength, that grace to get back up and keep going, Lord. So I pray, Lord God, that as the Thessalonians persevered in their faith and they stayed strong, I pray, Lord God, that we're able to do the same, Lord, in Jesus' name, and that we would encourage one another, that we would encourage our pastors, that we would encourage the leadership, that we would encourage the new believer, Lord God, that we would encourage our brothers, our sisters, that we would encourage our kids, the youth, Lord. Father, give us a heart of compassion, Lord, a heart of love, Heavenly Father, for the harvest, Lord God, a heart of love, Lord God, for the body of Christ, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father God. We ask, Heavenly Father, for your blessing, Lord God, as we leave now, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father. And may your, may your name be glorified in us and through us each day, Father. And we thank you, Father, for this time tonight, Father, in our Bible study. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, Father. And let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. I'm, I hope that this was a blessing to you as it was for me. I mean, I learned so much from this and I was encouraged and I hope that you were encouraged and I pray that you will go out and encourage one another. Amen. So um, let's uh, let's uh, look forward to uh, Sunday as we rejoin again for service, nine o'clock in English, uh, 11 o'clock in Spanish at the Great Mission Ebenezer. Okay, so God bless you. Take care and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.